Welcome back to the Talking Sports Podcast, hosted by Peter DiBiase and John Rocco Trumpo, right here on YouTube, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. And as always, sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Use code TSP for ten for a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Guys, appreciate everyone that is clicking on the episode. If you're on YouTube, drop a like, drop a comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Almost at 3K. We're getting close, or we are getting very close. If you're on Apple Podcast or Spotify, drop a follow, drop a review, download it, all that fun stuff. Jared, how are we doing, my man? Doing good. And decided to talk about some draft prospects today. Yeah, if you guys can tell by the title of the episode, we're talking about NF- NBA draft superlatives. We've never done this type of episode. And this is going to be a one of two NBA draft content that's going to you're going to be seeing podcast version the second one will be the standard nba draft episode similar to the nfo draft episode we did a couple months ago but before we get into today's topic and today's conversation jr where can everyone find us on social media and plug as always our sponsorship yeah so we are on instagram tiktok and twitter at talking sports pd um yeah if you don't know already please hit us with the follow you know follow us on all our content that we post outside of just YouTube. We love to stay connected with you guys. And like Pete said, we're around 50 away from 3000. So thank you so much for you know subscribing. If you already subscribed and if you haven't, please think about hitting that subscribe button. Um, really mean a lot to us. And like Pete said, our sponsor underdog sports fantasy under underdog fantasy. Um, if you use our code TSP, uh, when creating your account, they'll match your original deposit, a hundred percent match. So you pin in ten, they'll throw you ten um, to y- use on the on the app. Um, yeah, there's all cool st- sorts of things to do with pickums and you know player comparisons, um, especially with the uh, MLB this summer. NBA is over, but MLB is here, and then you know NBA is not too far away. Mm-hmm. Um, so use promo code TSP um, and yeah, thank you. And Apple Apple Podcast and Spotify. Yeah, everything in the description, as always, TikTok, all that fun stuff, good content, as always. Make sure you guys subscribe. We're almost at 3K, and we're pumping out content probably like we've never before in this consistently just because summer, yeah. basically out of college, we got more time here. There's a lot going on recently, finals, draft. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we never done a superlatives type of episode. So yeah. – how this episode is going to work, there's five different categories. We're not going to go crazy here. This is not going to be in a 45-hour minute. It could be, but you never know. But this is how it's going to work. We're going to have five different quote-unquote categories. We have the most overrated NBA draft draft prospect, most underrated draft prospect, draft prospect with the highest ceiling, draft prospect with the who's the highest risk, and draft prospect with the lowest risk. And we're not using like you know Wembenyama for highest ceiling. I mean, we kind of understand he probably he has the highest ceiling. Seven. I'm just gonna ready. I'm gonna put this out here right now. We didn't use Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, or Victor Wembenyama yeah. at all. Those are the top three. We could have so, used them for. Yep. That, that it could have been a cop out for highest ceiling. Like great. Yeah. That, I, mean, I like, guess we could have used it for most overrated. But I, yes, if you yeah. wanted to use it for most overrated, that would have been your call. But yeah, we're not. So yeah. we're using. I guess not. 
we're using household names. Most of these guys yeah. are first round talent, if not early. We're using first round talent, basically. Yes. But, okay. Yeah. Enough of this chitter chatter. We got to let's get going here. Jr. I'm going to start with you. Who's your most overrated draft prospect? So you know this guy. My most overrated is a uh, Kobe Bufkin. Um, he's a guy who I've been seeing slide like rise up in draft boards recently. Like you know maybe like mid lottery. Um, and he's a guy who I don't think should be a lottery pick. I think because it's someone similar to him who from the same college has seen successfully like Jordan Poole, I think he's getting a lot of overvalued and where the NBA is coming, they're expecting like guys like this, you know, not weighs a little, like he doesn't have weight on him for defense. And they're just, I feel like people just think he's going to turn into Jordan Poole again. Um, and that doesn't come around a lot. That's, I mean, Jordan Poole's a great shooter, and he showed it in college. I think Kobe Buffin's a good shooter. I just, he doesn't really create separation the best. And I just think people are visualizing Jordan Poole when they think of Kobe Buffkin. So in their mind, he's valued much higher than he is. I still think he's definitely a first-round talent. I just don't think, I mean, I wouldn't want my team drafting him in the lottery. Um so I, I think he's overrated in that sense where I he's definitely first-round talent. He could end up being really good, like all these players. We have no clue. But I just think he's very overvalued because of what people portray him, portray he's going to be in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could be a solid role player off the bench, but he's the, I don't think he'll be anything like Jordan Poole or shooting-wise like Jordan Poole or Steph Curry. He's not going to end up being like that. He's not going to take the game into his own hands. So, yeah, that's why I think he's overrated. I've learned when it comes to the NBA draft, it's such a different style of draft than, the, I guess, the NFL. I don't follow the NHL draft. And I don't mm-hmm. follow the MLB draft. Uh, but I think, Gerald, you were talking off – I were talking off here how different the NBA draft is. Like, if you are picking 17, right, mm-hmm. and you get a player that's on your team for 10 years. It's a great pick. It's a great pick. Yeah. There's spots in this draft where you have to hit big, top mm-hmm. five. You got to hit big. Have, how many times have we seen teams miss it? We saw the Suns pick multiple times in top 10 and just Marquise Chris, Dragon Bender, Alex yeah. win it and just like bust, bust, bust. Like, not even like if you're going to miss in the top 10, that team, that player better be so, at least decent. Like, those guys are just god awful. Team Dra- Dragon Bender probably had three years in the league, I feel like. I don't know. I don't know. Some of these pictures. But then they, yeah, you hit on Aiton's sort of a hit. I guess you, but you had Doncic and Trey Young. But like Devin Booker's a hit, right? Like that's where you hit. Like the Thunder yeah. hit on Shea, Gilders Alexander sets them forward. You hit it once, you're good. You keep missing, it just sets you back. But I don't know. I'm kind of went off that tangent. But yeah, Kobe Bufkin, he's like, like Jordan Poole, like it's an easy comparison. Just because Jordan Poole wasn't like it's also, Jordan it's Poole coming out of high It's also because they played at Michigan. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a, like, that's a cop out in my opinion. I know. Like, that's a really cop. And look, Jordan Poole is not without flaws. Jordan yeah. Poole this year wasn't great. Like he's a high usage player, but misses <clears throat> misses a ton of shots. And defensive wise, like Kobe Buffkin. But that's what happens with a lot of these young players. Yeah. They take a lot of shots and they miss a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. So my most overrated draft prospect, and this is someone that, like Jared said, I still think he's a lottery pick. I think he could slip into the top ten. I think potentially. I'm not saying I would take him in the top 10, but this is where I think would happen. And my most overrated draft prospect is UConn guard, 
and national champion winner Jordan Hawkins. This might just because I absolutely can't stand UConn, but it's my most overrated draft prospect, so I can do what I want. Uh, there's a couple things with him. I think I don't say I don't think his stats show you his I guess struggle shooting wise. I just don't think he's a consistent enough shot maker and a consistent a consistent enough shooter. I think he's going to struggle against bigger guards in the NBA. And I also, and this might not be fair, and this is exactly what Jared was just talking about with the pool and Bufkin thing, but the last high prospect to come out of UConn was James Booknight. And I think they were very similar. I think Booknight was more of a point guard, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. obviously Booknight has completely failed at the NBA level. Yeah, I forgot about that guy. I forgot he exists. Exist. He's done nothing with the Charlotte Hornets, and that's the NBA draft right there that you kind of get sucked in and then you just disappear. Mm-hmm. And it takes a while to get your, I guess, stock back up, in my opinion. I think he's going to struggle against bigger guards. I don't think he's also a consistent enough two-point shooter, or, and I don't think he defends at all. Okay. And I think like – I see people in this thing, like he says, draft age is a, is a weakness, right? And I'm not going to knock him for being 21. Like he just turned 21 in April. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to be that person. People like it's a draft age. But my opinion is, I was like, well, like you can play until you're 35, 36. You still have a 15 year career if you're 21. Like if you're good, it doesn't really matter yeah. your age, in my opinion. I think that's a bad. Anything you're more mature, right? Into exactly. That. So I think he's got could potentially be a solid player. I just don't know if he has the complete upside in my opinion he was a high recruit he was the 59th recruit according to espn's recruiting website um has good not great size and the biggest thing i've read that he might struggle against bigger guards at the next level but i still think like i'm looking over and i'm like i don't think he has boss potential yeah like crazy boss potential i just lower just don't think he can I mean, a high four. his drafts his draft position is going to do justice to where i think he should go okay so i think he'll struggle against like the, the bigger guards uh i don't think he's an efficient enough player his field goal percentage he's a career 39 percent shooter in college from and the I field or three point field okay and I don't think that – I think if you struggle in college it, – it, sometimes it, it switches it and you shoot better in the NBA. I just would wish he was more of a consistent uh, mid-range shooter. So – and I wish he got – I wish he was more a little more aggressive to the rim. I still think he could be a solid NBA player. I just don't think he has that. I don't think he should be a lottery pick probably. That's where I'm probably yeah. going. See, I, I actually do like Jordan Hawkins. I just feel like he – he's not going to be your star. He's not going to be the guy, you know, ISO ball. But I think for – contending team he's great off the ball um and like you said I, I could see he's not he doesn't drive enough he doesn't play defense enough so those are things that yeah you take into consideration um but i do think he's he's got size six four um for like a shooting actually i guess it's not even that size anymore no. big um but I, I i think he could be an asset for a team uh contending um, come in like you said he's already matured um i kind of like it i i like jordan hawkins i know you do i know you do i see your points though definitely okay jr most underrated we'll get a little happier here a little nicer here who's your most underrated draft prospect someone that's not getting enough love and you probably think should get a little bit more love yeah i'm gonna i'm going bryce sensible from ohio state uh i, I mean he's still projected like mid 
<clears throat> mid first round, maybe even some people have him higher, um, like right outside the lottery. Uh, I'm not saying you should be a lottery pick, but this is a guy who was crazy good at scoring at Ohio State. He only played like 24 minutes, 24 and a half minutes. And they got 16 a game and um, he had a efficiency rating of like 26 and a half. Um, this guy could get a bucket. The only thing is, I think NBA teams see him as one dimensional where he's got to work on defense. Um, and that's something I can't just say he'll get better at defense because, you know, defense is a, two halves of the game. One's defense, one's offense. So you, you can't just automatically get better at defense. But I think if he puts the work in, he has the frame. He's 6'6", six, six, and he's 235. So he's got the size and weight. <clears throat> intangibles. Um, intangibles. As a as a good like two guard in the league, he kind of reminds me of yeah. I'm not even gonna say that, but say it. I was gonna say he reminds me of like a Donovan Mitchell frame, but Donovan is even smaller. I think six three, six four. <laughs> but he's got like that small, stocky. He's athletic, um, but I think this guy is underrated because of his scoring ability. He's got to work on his perimeter game, but he. He's young. He only played one year at college. Yeah. I think he's 18 years old, um, 19. But I don't know. I, I like him a lot. I think he could end up if he develops his game like he like he can. Um, I think he could be a really scary player and you know average like 16 a game in the league. Yeah, I'm gonna go and say I don't know enough about him, but he started like at Ohio State, not playing, not starting. I- so that's why he only has like 24 and a half. I feel like he fits in from like 15 to 22 in that kind of draft range. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. That's a pretty wide margin I just gave right there. But like right outside the lottery, but not back end of the first. Yeah, exactly. That makes more sense. Mid, oh, fair mid. enough. I'm going for my most underrated NBA draft prospect. Someone that most, if you're true college basketball, not a true, if you're a college basketball fan, you know who this is. Jalen Wilson out of yeah. Kansas. Former national champion two years ago. This guy can flat out score. It's simple as that. He's a score. The problem is his draft age. If you thought Jordan Hawkins' draft age was a concern, according to this website, at 21 years old, Jalen Wilson's draft age is a problem when he turns 23 November 4th, a month into the season, or maybe a little less than a month into the season. But this is a type of guy that I think most people have him early second end of first, right? But if I'm a team that is looking just for a veteran score, a veteran player that can come off the bench, that's not looking for a guy that I have to really develop, right? Because I think Jalen Wilson at this point is probably at his peak. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not saying he can't get better. I wouldn't say his peak, but but I don't. Okay, so you see what you get out of him. Exactly. Yeah, you know what exactly you're. You're not yeah. waiting for him to develop. Yeah. Like, you're not like, oh, he could be good in three years. Like, he could be good right away, right? So, I think this is a guy that could score. He could somewhat defend. He's good. I think his three-point percentage projects very well to the NBA. He shoots the free throws well. He's a good defensive rebounder. You got a lot of fundamentals there, right? And he's a winner. He's won in college. Six, six and a half, small forward, they list him. So, he's a little undersized. I think if he was probably 6'8", he'd probably be a clear-cut first-round prospect. 
think he's a bit undersized for his position because I don't think he's fast enough to, or quick enough to play the two guard. But he might be a bit undersized to play the three. But we've kind of seen, Jared, the NBA has kind of gone away from the position style of basketball. Yeah. It's a little more positionless. So like, you can score and you can ball. It doesn't matter, in my opinion. Find a way to put you on the court. Yeah. So, look, I think, like this says, he's a good small forward, but it could be a small ball power forward at the next level. Kind of guy that can stretch the floor because he has a really good three-point shot. Uh, physical. says navigate screens off the ball well. Likes to use the running starts to build a momentum to get downhill. He's a career-best 20.1 points per game in college. Like He can score. Yeah. So this is a guy that I think doesn't have a goal of intangibles to be a lottery pick. Maybe not all the intangibles to be a first-round pick. But I think he'll come in and he'll be productive. So I think if you want to be – I think it's more of a safe bet here. I think it's a safe bet pick end of the first round if you don't want to have to wait or t- develop a guy. And I'm also sick of – I'm not sick because it just worked with Nikola Jokic mm-hmm. in the European. But the amount of times they take guys in the second round in the NBA draft that are just like clear – like good college players don't get taken anymore. Yeah. In the second round. And I, I think, think – Four-year college players. Teams yeah. should start doing that because I think it's a little safer. I mean, look at Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I think it's a little. I think it's a little safer because, well, he might not have the upside of Nikola Jokic, but nobody has. Like, you're not going to win the lottery, but you're also not going to spend millions of dollars on lottery tickets. And not the amount of times we see NBA prospects just go and just never hear from again is yeah. unreal. So maybe take a little, be a little more conservative. If you're going to be in the end of the first round, you could be a little more conservative. Like Christian Braun, I know he was a freshman. Was he a freshman out of Kansas, Christian Brown? I think he was a sophomore. But I feel like he was more of a conservative pick for the Nuggets. Yeah, I and, agree. And he was solid in his rookie year, and I think he has a chance to be a very solid NBA player. My only thing with Jalen Wilson is, he mentioned he could score, but he's he, he's been like their number one scoring option. So I'd like to see how he fits like in you know, an NBA offense when he's you know kind of off ball. Yeah. Because he's not going to be the number one scoring option, obviously. No. Well, in this mock draft, I'm looking at 38 to the Kings. Yeah. And he kind of reminds me of – not reminds me, like, play style, but just, like, Kansas guy. Remember, okay, okay. Abaji. Abaji, yeah. He went last year to – Jazz? I think the Jazz. Might be right. I think it's the Jazz, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. So, Kansas, you know, molding talent over there. Yeah. Um, molding, not NBA talent. Quality college yeah. talent, which – if you're, Kansas fan, players. You, yeah. if you're a Kansas fan, that's all you care about. Oh, yeah. Like Frank Mason, Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham's actually pretty good. The Morrises. I don't know. Were they one and done? I don't know. Thomas, Thomas Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Who's that big man? <laughs> At the same time. Who's that big man they just had two years oh, ago? Oh, yeah. Damn. The I forgot his name. He won Not the national championship with them, right? Yeah. I forgot his name. It, it was like a okay, a, a, a Baji name, I feel like. Like one that I'm not going to just remember on the yeah, top of my head. Okay, Jer, we're going to keep moving down the list to the third. And as always, guys, comment any of these if you want to, any all that fun stuff, drop a comment. Let us know how you feel about the episode. Jer, we're going to go to the third out of the five superlatives. Draft prospect with the highest ceiling. Yeah, so this was a little difficult for me. Um, I used a player that could easily be and also the highest risk. Um, I didn't use them both, but he could be. And that is Derek Whitehead or Derek um, <laughs> out of uh, Duke. I mean, this guy, I, I forget what he was coming out of high school, but I think he was a top five recruit. He's got to be. Yeah, he's definitely um, a five star. Yeah. I mean, he's he's one of the youngest players in the draft. He's 18. 
and he struggled with injuries um, going into college and during college. I think it was his foot or ankle. One of that, one of those. Um, he only, he played 28 games, but he, he kind of just, his season, he didn't play up to the standards um, due to an injury. Who knows? Um, I think it was, he kind of, he, he wasn't as explosive and athletic as he was before the injury. Um, but his shot still there. I think if he could work his way back from that injury, he could easily be one of the best players in this draft. He's got that shot. Um, he's six seven, uh, two twenty. So he'll play that small forward, um, large, big shooting guard role. Um, but I, if you just watch his film, he's he's got the mechanics. I mean, he shot forty three percent from three, um, and he didn't shoot as well from the two in college. I think that was due to the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this guy just has. He's got when you see the shot, it's just fluid. You know he's going to be a good shooter in the league. It all depends on if he could bring back that you know athleticism um, into his game and get it to the get to the basket, finish. If he could do that, he's he could be a star. I think so. He's got the highest upside, and that's why he was ranked so high coming out of high yeah. school. So you, you you know what he can be. It just can he be that anymore after those injuries. So, I mean, NBA teams will evaluate, but you could get, he might get, he'll probably get drafted maybe outside the lottery. I mean, you could get high lottery talent. It was kind of like, it reminds me of like Michael Porter Jr. You okay. know, his, I'm seeing, injuries, his injuries. I'm seeing 20, 24 to the Kings. Yeah. So he's getting picked later, but he very well should be high lottery pick. Mm-hmm. If injuries never happen. And injuries happen, so it could become part of his career. But I see, like, see what Michael Porter they you know took a chance on him. He wasn't a star, um, but he ultimately was the third option for a championship team. I mean, he they needed him, so he could be something like that. So I, that's why I kind of I think his ceiling could be very high, and he can contribute. Um, you also could have used him at the highest risk, in my opinion, too. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, yeah. Definitely. No. And yeah, like draft age flies off the board here. People love the freaking draft age. <laughs> three point percentage projected through NBA three point percentage. We just didn't see enough for him in college. Yeah. So yeah. fair enough to where if you're like in the twenties, you take a risk on him. That, in, in my opinion. That's yeah, the part you take. I think it'd be a really good if you're at thirteen or twelve, you probably pass. Thirteen. Yeah, but if you Think injuries won't be a problem, and he'll get yeah, back to what he is. That's fair. Fair enough. Get him while you can. Okay, my prospect, who I think has the highest ceiling, and I just lost him on my little notes. Thank you. Okay, my prospect. No, you're going the wrong, you're on the wrong way. My prospect of the highest ceiling is Anthony Black. Nice job, Jr. Man, you, you take over the bandage for like two seconds, man, and then yeah. you, you're clicking the wrong person, man. That's the highest risk. Give him a little teaser. You get the wrong button. Highest ceiling. Oh, okay. Anthony Black. Six 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 seven. Point guard slash shooting guard. Combo guard. One of those big guards that NBA teams have absolutely fallen in love with. Freshman. Yeah. He's just he's 19. He turns 20 in January. Uh, great defender, long defender. The problem with Anthony Black, and I think there's a ch- he's a very he's he has all the tools. He's a physically gifted. 
NBA comparison, Jairs. I don't know if he's going to love this. Lonzo Ball. Uh, I was going to go Josh Giddy. Uh, he kind of has that same. He's better hand. defensively, I think. Yes, I think Giddy's a better offensive player. Yeah, I agree. Coming out. I think Giddy was – well, he's a better offensive player now, but I think Giddy was a better offensive player coming out mm-hmm. than Anthony Black is. But he has all those tools to be one of those long, Lamelo, Lonzo, Giddy kind of guards, right? Like Dyson Daniels last year. Yeah. And Dyson Daniels' year one was up and down, which is a ton of NBA draft prospects. But he has that long frame. Can he score and can he be efficient enough score? Mm-hmm. That's the problem with Anthony Black, right? There's going to be teams, and in this mock draft, they have the Jazz taking him nine, which I think is probably he probably fits in my opinion the eight to twelve range. I think I like Anthony Honestly, Black. Some people will say even higher. Yeah, because he has the intangibles to be a very good NBA player. It's just he wasn't a great three point shooter. He wasn't a great scorer. He struggled with turnovers. Like he did all the things wrong, but. He has all the tangibles, but that's why he has the highest ceiling because there's so much, so much room for him to grow, and he has like, like he can't grow at like height wise at this point. He has all the he has the frame, he has the build, he can defend in my opinion. Um, great passer, great. He's gonna come into the league right away and be a defender, plus with steals, and can pass the ball. It's if he can slowly develop an offensive game, and if he can. He can be that type of player that averages 15, 10, and 6, right? That kind of style stat line where he's not dropping 25, but he's dropping 6, 7 rebounds, 10 assists, 14, 16 points. So I think that's where Anthony Black, and I think it kind of uh, projects as, and I think like a Lomelo Ball or Alonzo or Giddy is a perfect comparison. And I think I get the Dyson Daniels comparison. I think the same type of player from last year's draft to this year's draft. It's just, I don't know if Dyson Daniels has done anything yet. So, but it's the same frame kind of as Dyson Daniels. Yeah. I just hope for him, he doesn't fall into that trap where it's, you know, like kind of like you see, he's a do everything player. So he doesn't do one thing really good. I mean, if anything, it would probably be defense. Yeah. But he doesn't do one thing like really good. So he's got to, he can't just be average at everything. He's got to yeah. take his role and go with it, you know, just be that guy who will just, dive on the ball, defend your best guard. Like he's got to accept that role as just being defensive player that will just do everything. Yeah. I'm reading a bleacher report comparison says shooting development will be key for black who need more reliable jumpers to offer the type of scoring firepower coaches typically want from starting guards. Yeah. So he's going to have to develop a uh, a legit. He doesn't have to be like, he's a a, Lonzo when he came in. He's he's, yeah. Terrible. He's a great no no, but the thing like he's a great passer and a great defender. He doesn't have to be an elite. I'd say he's, he's a good passer. I wouldn't say he's great. This is high IQ passing, so I'm just gonna go oh, great. Okay. He doesn't have to be an elite, elite score hmm. ever in his career to be a really good NBA player. He just has to be an efficient enough where it's not a problem right away. Yeah. Right? Like Lonzo Ball right away wasn't a good enough score. And that kind of became a little bit, and also Lonzo then, Ball, I think he found his role that like he wasn't a he. he yeah. People expected him to be a well, scorer, and that's Lonzo Ball expectations are also way different than what Anthony Black is. When you have Magic yeah, Johnson yeah. saying Lonzo Ball's jersey numbers would be in the rafters in the Staples Center, yeah, it's a little different than Anthony Black's draft profile. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't. It's just one was not fair to the kid. Yeah, uh, he was getting almost not the, the same as Victor's uh, treatment, but he was, he was. He was 
like a Hall of Famer right away. Yeah. But that was his treatment. And obviously his dad didn't help either. So yeah, I like Anthony Black as my highest ceiling. JR, we're going to keep moving down the list. Number four out of five superlatives. Highest risk draft prospect or the NBA draft prospect with the highest risk. Yeah. Um, so this is the guy, he's teammates with Victor Wembenyama out in France, and that's Bilal Koulibaly. I think and we, we could say this all day, but he's very raw and athletic, and he's got all the attributes, um, athleticism-wise, physical traits. That's the word. Um, but physical traits. I, I don't think we've seen enough from him um, in France. I mean – it's like those European players where they'll average eight points per game, five points per game, but like value very high. Like Luca was Luca averaged a lot more, but I think, I think, uh, yeah, he, when he got drafted, I think he was averaging like 12 points per game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that tells the story, uh, when it comes to who he is. Cause mm-hmm. you know, they come in, they're just better than they are or they're worse, but I mean, I think he averaged like five points per game. Uh, so, and like three rebounds. He he got 18 minutes a game and only played 27 games. I think they're still in the playoffs somewhere in France. Um, I'm following but, that really closely. Yeah, I, I was seeing that on Twitter or something. But, you know, who knows that comes from, you know, playing with Wembenyama and him taking all the mm-hmm. pressure away from all the other players on offense. But – He's shown IQ. He's shown he could get to the hoop. Like I said, he's athletic. I think if the right team drafts him and molds him right, like he'll be good. Mm-hmm. However, you're taking a risk. You're taking an 18 year old kid from France, who's you know not not that strong yet. He's just, like I said, he's just athletic and raw, but he has certain IQ that you know you've seen on film that he his potential. But you're also just he could end up being out of the league in four years. Who knows? Um, that's why it's the highest risk. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I see. Other... Oh, sorry. Yeah, but basically, I I like him. I like him personally as a prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand the risk that comes with that. Yeah, Memphis 25th. This is the mock draft that I'm looking at for Bilal Cool Ball. He's been climbing cool. up. Yeah, I think. People that type of guy, the type of the guy that used to take like twenty five or something, right? And you're just like, who the heck are you? Yeah, if you're, you're like, oh, he might be good, or you might never from here again. And he's not the next. <laughs> the next, I don't know. Omar, you're at seven. I don't next, know why. Like Frank Nilakinta or something. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, hundred percent. European prospects are always dicey. Yeah, but, but we got a lot of European players. <laughs> We had a lot of European players in the NBA. Yeah, I know. Doncic, Jokic, Giannis. Like, those are three. Embiid. I forget about the uh, – not European. but they're well, Embiid's not European. International, sorry. Yeah. International. I was going to say the Canadian players are doing really well. Is that considered international, though? Yeah. It's a different country. I know. It's very similar. It's but the same continent. Shea, Jamal. Uh, there's a lot of other players. Kyrie. Isn't Kyrie Australian? He's Australian, yeah. That's wild. But I mean, his dad's American. He was just playing overseas in Australia. So, oh, yeah. Same with Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not right. like I mean, he was born in Australia. Like, we'll get off the tangent here. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> Let's start breaking down where people are from. Um, my highest risk, and I want to preface this. 
I think he's going to be a very good NBA player. I think he's going to be very good. Doesn't sound risky then. It is risky. All right. Doesn't mean I, I. When am I always? I said I, I wish we both thought Scotty Barnes was going to be a bust, dude. No, just... I guess year two Scotty Barnes wasn't great, but yeah. year one like Franz Wagner wasn't Fonz good. Wagner. He was good. He's good. He's like two rookie of the year. Yeah. So we, we we we're not the. I'm not saying we're not the best. I think he's going to be very good, but there's risk. There's risk with a lot of these guys. I feel like you can go pick out of a hat and you find a risk. Yeah, yeah. Except Wemby. No. Except Wemby. Even Cam Whitmore. I got to watch Cam Whitmore live uh, at Providence when I was broadcasting, and I got to see him right up in person. I was courtside. This dude can fly. He can fly. He has all the intangibles to be an NBA superstar. I just think it's going to take a little while. And I see a mock draft, five to the Pistons. When you're taking a guy five, oh, man, him and Ivy would be kind of dope together. And Cade. Oh, my God, that actually might work. Okay, so maybe he's not risk if he goes there. But because I think he'll – it's not enough – it's not a ton of pressure on the guard position for him there. But when you take a guy five anyway, you're expecting a ton. Like It's simple as that. I just think there's a lot of issues. A lot of bad shots he took, doesn't pass the ball well, and doesn't defend. But he takes NBA style shots. Where with that in college, that doesn't work, right? But yeah. in the NBA, you go up and you take pull up jumpers all the time, a ton of ISO ball. So he plays the ISO ball. I just wish he was more efficient. I wish he defended and I wish he didn't turn the ball over. But his draft age is awesome, doesn't turn 19 until July. So he fits into that 19 year old to start his career. But I just think there's too many weaknesses. For him. I look, I don't. I didn't put. I, was, I didn't put him in the overrated category because that means I don't like you if you if you're in the overrated category. I don't think you're going to be good. I still think he's going to be very good. I just think there's a ton of things that have to go right for him to succeed as an NBA player. But he does take a ton of NBA style shots. I know I'm kind of contradicting myself. I know I'm going back and forth because I do like him. I think yeah. I really do like him, and I got to watch him play, and I was like, oh my god, the athleticism just pops. But then you watch a couple games, and he's missing a ton of shots. But then he makes a couple sh- – so he's that type of player where it was like two games in a row, couldn't miss. And then he goes on a four-game stretch where he just couldn't make it. He was one of those type of players. So I think rookie year is going to be very hot and cold, inefficient score. It's do the Pistons have time to develop him and turn him into uh, like a, I guess, more consistent score. Yeah. I, I, I see your points. Like you were miss- – you weren't seeing enough in college – that we're like, wow, like he's going to succeed a lot. There's, I mean, you knew he he might succeed, but there's other concerns. He does here. have the athleticism to succeed. Yeah, I think he can fly out of the gym. I think we were talking about this a little bit before, but I think his struggles in college, not that they're not a factor, but he was coming off that injury, and I think he just he just played the ball that he like knew how to play. He didn't like really absorb like the team basketball. Yeah. And sometimes like that'll show up on stats and show up in the efficiency. But when you kind of correlate that to the NBA, like you said, he was playing NBA style ball and that's what he knows. Um, And then obviously when he goes to the NBA, he knows he's not, you know, I mean, maybe mentally you think so, but he knows he's not better than basically the whole league because you know there's the best basketball players in the world. So he will absorb like that's true using team basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, he's got all the raw and he's got the shot. 
um, physical traits. But so, yeah, I mean, he very well can go five. Well, I would take him top 10, 100%. Well, I'd take him top seven, top eight. I'm not, that's not where I'm going here. I just think I, a, I know. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a little bit of a risk. Did you okay. size him up when you saw him in person? Yeah. Yeah. My five eight five nine self, yeah, that, that that's how that goes. No, I look he, like I was courts and dude can fly out of a gym. He could, but, but then he also has offensive laps, and then also has defensive laps. Yeah. So I feel like if he locks in as defender, though, he could be a really good defender. And I also think like I'm not saying he's going five in Detroit, but in the small draft that I'm looking at, it fits and because he pays there. Well, so, yes, and you know, teammate, but it's a yes, Ivy, and you have Kate Cunningham, so he doesn't have to do as much. And can be like a Jordan Poole style off the bench. Yeah. That'd be cool. It'd be like a young college team. That'd be a fun team to watch. Duran, Sadiq. uh, Oh, yeah. Cam. It's a good team. Yeah. They could sneak into a plan. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay. We're going to end this superlative episode with our lowest risk. Someone that we think might not have NBA all-star or superstar potential, but could be an efficient player for 10 to 12 years. JR, who's your lowest risk NBA draft prospect. Yeah, my lowest risk is going to be Jerace Walker um, from Houston. I say that because I feel like his game is very developed and kind of similar to your Anthony Black, where he doesn't do anything like the best out of this draft. You know, he's you know he's top, I'd say top eight pick in this draft. Um, he doesn't do anything like the best over other prospects, but he just does everything so well. And he plays team basketball. He's a great, I, I don't want to say role player because, you know, that infers that you're coming off the bench all the time and like you give like 16 minutes a game, <laughs> but you know what I mean? But he, he has that like Draymond green role on a team kind of feel where he's, he's a smaller big man, he's six, eight, but he can play the center. If you, you know, he's big enough. We'll see in the NBA, but in college, he could play the center. Um, he could shoot the three. He's great at defense, great rim protector. Um, he, he's got good passing um, for his size. And, he, you know, what I would like to see him develop more is, like, driving to the hoop. But as like a risk factor, um, he knows what it's like to play on a winning team. He played on Houston. Um, so I think for a team, I mean, it's not going to happen because he's going to be a high pick. But if he could go to, like, a developed team, he could be, a, like, a really good asset for them. But he's going to go to like a team still developing. But I think he's a core piece to a you know champ. I'm not going to say championship roster, but a successful team. Um, his that role is facilitating the offense as like a a smaller big like Draymond. He could shoot the three well, um, and he could defend. So if he just kind of encapsulates like that whole mix um, as a player, like kind of like Anthony Black, mm-hmm. I think he you know. He kind of already has that, so that's why I think it's really low risk. You already know what you're getting out of him. What do you, this mock job has him seven to the Indiana Pacers. That that's a very popular pick. Okay, the Pacers pick. Nice pick. Yeah. I'm gonna end it with my lowest risk, and that is Grady Dick. Did I just want to say Dick and not get yelled at on YouTube? Yes, and not get banned. Yes, but this is a guy that another Kansas player and a first time in a not in a while, but One Kansas. Game. Kansas recruits, yeah, Kansas recruits really well, but they're very good at developing their talent and keeping their talent, right? It's like a UNC in a way, you know? Yeah, 100%. They're not like Duke and Kentucky. Yeah. 
Grady Dick, nine, about to be, turns 20 in November. So a little older, but I wouldn't say it's a draft age issue. Uh, very good three-point shooter. Projects to, to a, and become a really good three-point shooter at the next level. Six, seven, small forward type of thing. Uh, doesn't turn the ball over. Shoots free throw percentage very well. Good at defending. Very good assist to turnover ratio in college. I think he projects to be a very good three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. I think the lowest he can be is just a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. And NBA teams need that, right? Like, his pro comparison is Kevin Herter. I think Kevin Herter is a solid NBA player. Yeah. Like, that's not – now on the Kings, he's definitely – Yeah. So, I think he could be a number three or four option on a team. And I think he can score. I think he can defend. And I think he, I think, I think he's going to be an elite shooter in the NBA. I don't think he's superstar potential because I don't think he has athleticism to be a superstar potential. But I think he'll be a good – can create his own shot. I think he'll be able to create his shot more than like a J.J. Redick. But I think if he hasn't oh, – I think he could have a J.D. J.D. J, like off the dribble. All right. I think he could have a J.J. Redick type of career in my opinion. I think – look – this guy's not going to be the most flashy pick you're going to take in the first round. This mock draft has him going 10 to Dallas, but I think off the bench with Dallas, he would fit really well. A score off the bench. They need uh perimeter shooting. He's not the best defender in the world. Yeah. Yeah. But this is one of his minuses. I think he's coming with a, a, a legit NBA three point shot. So I think once, if you step in the league already being able to shoot like an NBA player, Mm-hmm. From long range, I think you can grow into a solid NBA player. So I think there's a little, not a lot of risk when it comes to Grady Dick. I, I agree. He's got that NBA ready play style. Yeah, you know, like a small forward. I think his ceiling is probably like a starter for a couple. Like, yeah, yeah, his starter for like a team. But the only thing with him, like you said, the defense is a problem. Um, if he's got to guard the the three small forward, that's usually the some most like the best player on. A lot of teams are the hardest to guard. Um, but I, I also – his off-the-dribble, like, shooting is definitely a concern. Um, he's a really good spot up. But you haven't seen him, like, take an ISO and, you know, hit an off-the-dribble shot much. I mean, he's done it. But that's something he could definitely, you know, grow on. But I, I like the low risk here. You know what you're getting. Um, I'd agree to and you know you what you're getting with the Talking Sports podcast, consistent content on YouTube, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, drop a like, drop a comment, all that fun stuff. This is part one of the two-part NBA draft series. So once you finish watching this, if you it comes out a couple days later, our NBA mock draft episode, go over and check that out as well. This is a fun episode. It's a little different than what we usually do. A little NBA draft superlatives. As always, drop a comment, drop a like. Give us your thoughts on any prospect that you want. JR, tell everybody, boys and girls, where they can find us on social media. Man and woman. Man and woman. So we are on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at TalkingSportsPD. Yeah, we'll hopefully be – well, we'll be posting a mock draft video soon, so stay tuned with that. And um, underdog sports fantasy. Uh, if you you know get the app, create an account, use your code TSP while you're creating it, and they'll uh, you know match your deposit a hundred percent. So use the code, mm-hmm. make you money, and then don't forget Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, as well as 
Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Talking Sports PD. Follow us with more content other than just YouTube. Yeah. Everything's in the description as always. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, hopefully you enjoyed that as well. Make sure you check out US Open episode and also make sure this this weekend, make sure you check out the US Open episode. Make sure you guys check out our NBA mock draft episode and all the content we're posting on all social medias and all platforms throughout the summer. And as always, this is the Talking Sports Podcast hosted by Peter DiBiase and John Rocco Trump right here on YouTube, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. And as always, sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.